Welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. Rob, deadline day, not as exciting as we would have liked, but what were your main takeaways in terms of players? Um, Biggest takeaways from, from non-transfer window day, basically, is what I'm calling it. Um, the non-departures of Coutinho, Sanchez, Virgil van Dijk. Um, Renato Sanchez is interesting. Um, most of these guys we're going to get into. Um, but yeah, I mean the, the amount of non-activity, the amount of rumors that never matriculated into anything being spectacular. Um, there was no like ginormous name that came in that, you know, jumps off the page to being a fantasy asset that you like automatically have to have to roster. There's nobody in that, um, you know, previous windows in the January windows and last year, you know, there's automatically names that you, you want to do, but they've already gone through the, the process of adding the big names. You know, we've had the Lukaku's transfer and, and players like that. And we sit here and wait for big names and nothing happens. So here we sit, Kevin, talking about fantasy. <laughs> yeah, it was disappointing to not see any of those big names move. And we'll touch on them in a second. But uh, first, let's just jump into the transfers that did actually happen. Uh, the ones of note, Fernando Lorente, Wilfried Boney, Renato Sanchez, Serge Aurier, uh, Zappa Costa and Alex Oxley Chamberlain. You already mentioned you're not too excited about all these, but who does excite you the most? Um, you know, a lot of these guys. You know, I'm interested to see what Zappa Costa does, but unfortunately, it's going to be at the the behest of, of a Chelsea asset that's probably good in other draft. You know, a draft format or you know deeper draft leagues. You know, that's Victor Moses. I want to see how Chelsea lines up and where he fits in. Um, you know, Lorente is kind of just bench. Fought. He goes from possibly being a striker at Swansea to basically, you know, bench depth at at Spurs. Um, Oxley Chamberlain basically started his Liverpool career a game earlier when he just did, just didn't show up. Neither of anybody did show up again in the Arsenal Liverpool match for Arsenal. Um, Aurier is an interesting name, but once again, it, it it robs Peter to pay Paul in the fantasy sense because. Who's he going to replace? Who's going to play over him? You know, you still have Danny Rose lying in the weeds. I know he's not coming back. He's not an imminent return. Um, but, yeah, I mean, none of these guys are, are, like I said, like nailed on, got to have them fantasy assets. And none of their pri- some of their prices aren't even, you know, fantastic either. You know, Aurier is 6.0. Uh, you know, Zappa Costa is, is not somebody you really want to invest in because I think he's more of a depth play right now until we see what Chelsea does. Um you know, the only ones that, you know, that really I, I think are fantasy worthy of maybe possibly looking at based on price point are, are you know, Renato Sanchez and pro- possibly Wilford Boney, because what we've seen from Wilford Boney in the past is that he was a fantasy asset. Yes, that was three years ago and four years ago when he scored 11 and 11 goals and had three assists and then had 17, 17 goals and four assists the year pre- pre- uh, previous. So it's an interesting thing. But last time I've seen Wilford Boney, he did not look like um, anything fantastic he more looked like the statue of david than the you know anything close to scoring a goal named david um yeah i mean but those are the those are the moves that you know that happened i think that the the more pressing factor in this kev is um the names that didn't move names like philippe coutinho virgil van dyke uh alexis sanchez um what's your take on these guys and you know do you think they have to send like edible arrangements or some (laughs) kind of fruit or flower baskets to their teammates to you know, work their way back in and make themselves feel comfortable in the in that locker room. 
Uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. We can go through them one by one. I think the most notable one thus far is Virgil van Dyke, who returned to first team training literally today. So already on the path back into that team. Uh, probably bad news if you have Jack Stevens. Um, you'd imagine that Van Dyke would come in and slot in with, um, man, blanking on his name. The center back that you like way more than Jack Stevens. Yoshida? Yeah, Maya Yoshida. <clears throat> um, and then they also brought in Wesley Hoyt uh, with the intention of replacing Van Dyke. He's still there as well. Um, I think just this just throws a big old question mark uh, into that team of just where is everybody going to fall there. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. But of note, Van Dyke does return to first team training. Diego Costa, I mean, you're you're the bigger Chelsea fan, but it sounds like there's no way back in for him. He hasn't even returned to the country, so you can pretty much just rule him out. Um, the, the interesting ones are Alexis and Coutinho in terms of it could go either way. Oh, because Riyad Mahrez has played this whole season. So I'm not expecting him to, to stop playing, and he has played well. Um, I think Coutinho has an easier path back in because uh, he was never as public as Alexis was with wanting a move out. It was obvious that Coutinho was trying to get a way out, um, considering he had that back injury for Liverpool, then was sick, quote-unquote, yet all of a sudden he shows up to the Brazilian national team and he's perfectly fit. Um, so I think that was clearly just a... Uh, a case of transferitis. Um, the Alexis one is going to be much harder. Uh, oh, uh, Coutinho, I don't know if he starts this week, but I think he'll be back in the team by the end of the month. Alexis is the confusing one. He very much tried to force through his move, um, told friends and everything, uh, based on some of my colleagues at Gold, that he had already made the move, that it was over, uh, yet he does still have to remain at Arsenal. It'll be interesting to see if he finds his way back in, but I don't think he, he can be brought in yet, even if you've used your wild card. Yeah, it's awkward is the word for it. Awkward. Oh, for sure. You know, it's it's crazy. And then a uh, couple of the names that we, we could we missed that we didn't touch on is Gregor's Krishoviak for West Brom defensive midi. Not really. Oh, I was just talking about deadline day. Obviously, there were a uh, lot of interesting transfers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then Mamadou Sacco as well. For oh, Palace. did forget about Sacco. That is that is huge for them. Uh, just I don't think we can trust Palace yet. No, no. Six goals in three games. You know, first price 4.9, Mamadou Saka. What we saw last year and what he gave, what he brought to the Palace defense, basically, he basically hardened the shell that was Crystal Palace. He didn't give them like an unbreakable force there, but he gave them more of a sustainable, you know, defensive, cent- you know, central defender. But at 4.9, I mean, and he's, and he's probably, he's a little dinged right now, so I don't think he's going to play right away. Um, but but at four yeah, nine, half of like their it. clean sheets came with Sacco at the club last Absolutely. year, and he only started eight times. Yeah, and they had like well, they have eleven all of last year. It was it was a low number. I know they I think it was many, eight, so. and I think half yeah, of them so came with Sacco. Yeah, so I mean it's 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 a disgusting number. And when we get into price changes, you'll see that nobody has any love for the Crystal Palace defense right now. It's, as basically, it's a mass exodus off of everybody there. Um, yeah, so I mean, the transfer window was fun, you know. And now we uh, gave us two weeks to set up our team for four, so uh, we're we're glad that everybody could uh, join us again for the FPL roundtable. I'm glad Kevin's here with me again. It's fantastic. Yeah, even though I, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. We're having fun. <laughs> it's a good time to be sure. Um, a lot of people have wild carded this week. Um, mm-hmm. We can talk about players that you may want to bring in and out in a little bit, but there have been some price changes. Anybody that tried to bring in players on the rise to get that double bumped over the international break. It doesn't seem like there's been enough motion to make that happen. Uh, but who has been on the move price change wise? 
Yeah, exactly like you said. I think, you know, I think today, tomorrow, you know, Thursday uh, will be the big um, movement days with prices and transfers in and out. Um, so far, the price ups, uh, interesting fact so far, we're in week three and there's been zero goalies price up so far. Uh, just an interesting factoid. Uh, on the price isn't, um, oh, somebody was close. Was it Lossel that was close to going Yeah, Lossel for Huddersfield. Yeah. yeah. Um, Alonzo and Jones are the only two defenders that have gone up. Uh, Alonzo is basically money because he's basically the best entry point for a goal or a clean sheet or both in a game, I think, from a defensive standpoint. Uh, Phil Jones is the cheapest entry point into United defense that actually plays. He looks like he's got the trust of Mourinho right now. I think everybody else there is is you know priced higher. And nobody else that you really, really want to invest in. Besides Baye, I think Baye is good, but he's priced higher, almost a whole dollar more than than Phil Jones is. Uh, through the midfield, Aaron Moy has gone up, Sadio Mane has gone up, and McTarian Moy doing set pieces. People remember that set piece goal, and and they're you know they're liking it, and his price is is cozy. Uh, Sadio Mane, interesting thing about Mane is he's got goals in three games and no bonus points to show for either of it. Uh, I understand why he's going up because you need to invest in Liverpool. They're scoring goals. They're doing things fantasy-wise that you basically want on your team and are intrinsically attracted to because, you know, who doesn't like to score goals? Who doesn't like fantasy points? It's just, that's the name of this game. Uh, McTarian, five assists in three games. Doesn't look like he's going to slow down anytime soon. They're playing Stoke this week. Yikes for the Potters. Uh, for the forwards that have gone up, Alvaro Morado. Morado's got two goals. Uh, interesting thing is he's got he still doesn't have a 90 minute thing. It brings up the fact that in preseason, me and Kevin were talking about, and Conte bringing it up that he basically isn't up to fitness. I wonder if that's still still a factor there that he hasn't gone a full 90 yet. Uh, and the other other forward that's gone up is uh, Roberto Firmino, Bobby Digital. When he scores, he gets bonus points for Liverpool. It's pretty crazy. He scored in two games and he's got three bonus points in both games. Uh, but. I love Firmino's price point is awesome. It's 8.5, but interesting enough, he's not being in, being transferred in enough that his price is going crazy like everybody else. He's still only 8.6, whereas other midfielders and forwards and, and players like that are going up, you know, the 0.2 and 0.3 so far. But considering his return, he's got two games of, of in double figures so far. It's it's a great return on investment for Roberto Firmino currently sitting at 8.6. Uh, on the downs, there's a ton of downs because I think everybody went, you know, garbage Paling and, and got rid of everything that was you know, useless and dead weight. Uh, this runs down some bigger names. Nacho Monreal, Arsenal is just a, a disaster right now. Adam Smith uh, for Bournemouth. Bournemouth has one goal scored on the year and four given up. Um, that's never good for uh, somebody that's a defender. Uh, Gary Cahill's gone down because he's been suspended. He won't be back until two weeks. Uh, Crystal Palace defenders, I mentioned it before. Basically, anybody that's there, um, I think it's Van Einhold and Basically, anybody that's a Crystal Palace defender, Scott Dan, has gone down. Same thing with West Ham. Anybody there that you really want to roster, which you really don't want to because West Ham looks kind of leaky. Uh, Danny Rose has gone down because he's injured. We're still waiting to see what's going on. Kevin's a Spurs expert. Check out his, his EPL roundtable that he goes over all, all the Spurs and rest of the EPL moves and, and roundabout things. <laughs> so cross-promotion is good. Uh, Philippe, Philippe, Philippe Coutinho has gone down. People are still questioning where he is, where he stands. Uh, I, don't, I don't doubt him. Can, uh, Kevin De Bruyne has gone down as well. I wanted there's zero return value on on dollar for points right now for Kevin De Bruyne. He's just not doing anything worthy of being a fantasy player. Uh, Leroy Sané, sad tribone. He's basically squeezed out of forgetting minutes. Uh, Matt Ritchie, Newcastle just is not going through him much on the in the middle of the pitch. Uh, and then we move up to the, the the top, and it's Alexander Lacazette. 
Uh, it's interesting that he he sat against against Liverpool in such a, a pivotal match. You know, his big teams against big team, but he didn't start. Only played 28 minutes, I believe. Um, but it's interesting to see that he he didn't play, and I think that's why people are p- hitting the panic button. But uh, based on his price point, I think it's it's a direct change from him to Murado, who's actually doing results for Chelsea. Um, so those are the price ups and price downs, Kevin. Yeah, there's a lot of interesting guys in there. Uh, a lot of them are in people's wild card teams. I know for me, uh, <laughs> guys, you mentioned, I think Murata and Mane are the two that I've brought in already, uh, but did already have Mkhitaryan and Firmino who are on the way up as well. Um, think people might be, uh, well, for me, I, I wish that I had held on to my wild card, to be honest. I was just really panicked about uh, the fact that I had three players who were going to lose price. Um and kind of got very short-sighted when I should have been looking at the much longer picture where now I have to sort my wildcard team before we see how transfers fit in, before we see what happens with the, the players we mentioned earlier, like Alexis and Coutinho and Hazard still to come back through injury. Um, so now I'm just trying to make the, the most of a not great situation, but uh, there were plenty of price changes. So if you pulled the trigger, it's fully understandable. I, I fell into it as well. Um, just Just be sure you get as much info as you can. Uh, from the PEST conferences on Thursday and Friday so that you have as much uh, information as you can before heading into the uh, before heading into the match week. Um, game week four. Game week four is upon yep, us. Already. And then after that, we start dealing with European fixtures, uh, which yeah. is going to be a mess, a mess as well. Turn, turn, turn rosters upside down and inside out. And it, and it, it brings up a great point, Kev, because there's, there's players that are on teams – uh, you know, not all of them are playing. Yeah, all of them are playing. You know, European football right now, and it it comes to basically the the roster crunches of of the official game, where you know you can only draft three players from each team, and there's assets all over the place for especially these three teams that I want to mention. Um, so I'm bringing up three three teams, two players from each team. They all play the midfield because that's basically where a lot of money is being invested right now, is and. They're getting good results from all three of these teams. It's the United midfield, the Liverpool midfield, and the Spurs midfield. So I want to get your take, Kev, on the two players from each team and see where you where your allegiance lies. Let's put it that way. So we'll start with we'll start with Spurs here. Mm. So Della Ali and Christian Eriksen. This is basically like the either or thing, but you know, just a little. It's tougher because now they're on the same team. Yeah. Um, man, if if Della Ali hadn't scored in you know two matches already, everything would be pointing to Erickson, who scored and had like five assists in his two yeah. international matches. Uh, and as I said in our in our first uh, show, right before the season started, Christian Erickson had a phenomenal preseason. Um, just rolled into the season fully clicking. Uh, but it doesn't matter, because Del Ali's goals will always be worth more than Erickson's assists. You know what? I think I'd rather have Erickson, but I have Ali, and it's not worth shifting out. Mm-hmm. But if if you have neither and you're trying to get one, I'd probably lean Erickson right now. Yeah, I I would also lean Erickson, and it's for one factor. Yes, Ali has you know the two goals, zero assists, one clean sheet. Um, interesting fact is that uh, Christian Erickson only has three assists, and he's got five bonus points to his name for those for those five for you know to garner those five bonus points. Whereas Della Ali has two goals and only has two bonus points. Mm-hmm. So I think for that for that factor. For his price, I know they're basically this, you know, the same, the same price here. They're they're both nine five nine six. You know, for the extra penny, I'm I'm putting it on Christian Eriksen only because I think the playmaking ability is sustainable. Whereas Della Ali, I think he's gonna 
I'm not going to say he's going to struggle because Dell Ali is a phenomenal fantasy player. And, you know, there's no wrong answer here. That's the best thing about this, you know, this this game that me and Kevin are talking about here. You know, if you like Della Ali, by all means, roster Della Ali. If you like Christian Eriksen and, and basically watched him dominate the, the European qualifying right now, then Christian Eriksen's your guy. So, I mean, but just for my, my sense of sensibility, I'm leaning Christian Eriksen only because I think that the bonus points are a swaying factor for me, for him. Yeah. All right, moving on to Liverpool. Are interesting. Sadio Mane. Mo Salah. Mo Salah's got two goals in two games. Mane's got a goal in each game. Yeah. Who are you going with, Kev? I think I'm going with Mane here. Salah has been the one that's already been rotated. Not saying that I think Mane is impregnable to that. Um, he, he may well get swapped out as soon as we start all these European fixtures. Um, I think the Ox- Oxlade-Chamberlain thing is concerning. Uh, mm-hmm. Just for this whole mess of... This this uh, trio here, Coutinho coming back is also going to take up a slot. Probably not from Mane or, or Firmino, but you know Coutinho did play out left sometimes last season. So I, I don't really like any of it, but I feel like Mane is a must own at this point, and Salah is just short, so I'm probably leaning Mane there. Yeah, the interesting thing about this is uh, you look at the transfer numbers right now. Mane is 140,000 in, 26,000 out. Salah is 160,000 in and 37 out. So it looks like the people that have owned Salah are either, you know, staying put or transferring out more frequently than Mane. So I think that Mane is probably being bought in more. So I think that the the universe of the FPL is is basically agreeing with you that Mane is probably the, the guy to stick with. Um, you know, if in a, in a blender, if you put all if you put Mane, Salah, and Firmino in a blender, I'm picking Firmino only because that I think that his goal scoring ability is not going to stop and he's i don't think he's he's the least out of them three to be rotated as much as anybody thinks um, it's also interesting that that between the the Mane and Salah Salah only has one bonus point and like i mentioned before Mane has zero bonus points and despite having a goal in each game so far this year uh, so the last one to the united team Paul Pogba Henrik Mkhitaryan both awesome Pogba owned in 36.5% of leagues Mctarin 21.4%. Kev, what's your take? Who are you picking? Uh, I think this is a lot like the Tottenham one, where I, I'm starting to think Pogba is the one to own, but I already own Mctarin, and it's not much worth switching off, considering Mctarin already has the most assists in the league with five. Next closest is three, and I think he's just going to keep it up. As I mentioned before, he was the assist king in the Bundesliga the year before he joined United, so that's entirely possible for him to keep up. Um, so yeah, for now, perfectly willing to hang on to him. Yeah. Uh, I, I agree. I, I own Pogba currently. Don't own Mkhitaryan. Um I didn't wild card um, yet. I was going to, but didn't. I kind of stubbed my toe and didn't. Uh, Mkhitaryan looks pretty much like the goods. He looks basically like he did in the Bundesliga. Um, you know, it, it's crazy to think that he's on pace for thirty plus assists. But if he's on pace for thirty plus assists, um, his price eight dot three right now. He's being transferred in hundred and fifty three thousand times. He's scheduled to go up again before the next game week starts. So if you're looking at, at McTarian to bring him in, you may want to time it so you you know you gain the extra shekel there. Pogba's a phenomenal fantasy talent. He's priced at 8.2 right now. He's being brought in at 120,000 times this week or to date. Um, you know, this is one of those ones where there's no real wrong answer because both bring in just a lot, a lot of talent and a lot of value. To, to your midfield ranks, you know they're they're cheaper than the the Spurs trio. They're they're cheaper than the you know the Liverpool duo, and 
you know, there's no wrong answer, once again. So if you like Mctarian, good. If you like Pogba because he, you think he's more athletic and he can get more goals than Mctarian's going to give you assists, that's fine. But, the, like, I'm, I'm picking Mctarian only because uh, I, I think that I own Pogba right now, and I think that the direct change to, from Pogba to Mctarian is the natural, like, persuasion of moves. But the problem with, with United is now, like it is with Spurs, Liverpool not so much. Um, United is a tough team to get three talent, three players, only three players on your team. You know, basically the whole world owns Lukaku right now. He's being, he's owned, I think, in over, he's almost 59% of leagues right now, Romelu Lukaku. You basically want a United defender. Look at the ownership of some of their defenders. Valencia Jones is being brought in a, a, a ton. Uh, Bailly is owned pretty, pretty across the board. So, I mean, it's tough to pick three United players and, and stick with it. You know, because you've got to have, you basically have to have, you can't have Pogba and Mkhitaryan and then have, you know, a defender or you or Lukaku. Lukaku. Yeah. yeah, you know, you basically are, you know, trying to squeeze three players and they're all of great value right now because their defenders are giving return. Midfielders are obviously giving you return and Lukaku is basically, you know, Lukaku right now. If you could only um, have a trio of one of those teams, who would you rather have? Oof. I mean, eventually it's going to be Spurs. Because I think that when Harry Kane actually becomes Harry Kane, and his numbers are starting to speak, that his you know his transferred in rate is actually starting to show that people are buying into the into the goal, the international goal. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, I texted you a funny stat that uh, the last time he scored for England, his next four games in the Premier, he scored five goals. So um, if maybe people saw the same stat as me. I don't know, um, but it's interesting. You know, it's he's a not great being stat too. A ton. Yeah. It's not. He's not bringing brought in a ton. He's only brought in twenty-seven thousand times this week because his price tag is twelve dollars five. People are basically going, "Well, do I want Aguero or Kane? Do I want Lukaku or Kane?" Because mm-hmm. it's a direct, you know, swap. There's no way to get from who you have up top to Kane. There's no way to to subtract somebody and be like, "Yeah, I'm just going to go with Aguero, Lukaku, and Kane up top." And then your midfield looks like uh, Tuesday garbage recycling day. Yeah. To be fair, to be fair, my team looks a little like that uh, in my latest mock of my wild card because I cut De Bruyne, replaced him with a five dot five guy, (laughs) and then upgraded all the way from Hamas to uh, Lukaku. But yeah, I mean it's possible, but you you know what I'm saying? Like there's but you're basically going two bigs, one medium, two smalls. If you do that, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like basically like a boardwalk midway game (laughs) when you when you throw throw a ball in a hoop and you just got to keep winning and winning and winning until you get up to the the super grand prize. (laughs) Yep. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how everybody decides to to do this because right now I think I have three pairs of players, um, but no triples yet, and that that'll be tough to do. Not only because there are lots of teams where you could do it talent wise, but also because of price. Like none of those teams have like super cheap options. The closest is maybe Liverpool with Joe Gomez or uh, Alexander yeah. Arnold, whoever gets that that right back spot. Also, for those that are unaware, uh, Nathaniel Klein is out for a quote undetermined amount of time, which that's is a long time. Yeah, it's, that's, it's probably not soon. Um, I mean, that's basically forever, just in nicer yeah. words. Do you, do you do you have a slant on which way you think this will go between Gomez and uh, Alexander think- Arnold? I think it's Gomez. I think Gomez showed what he was, you know, two years ago. Remember when he was basically the the 4.0 or whatever he was, the 4.5 defender with flair two mm. years ago, and he basically missed last year with injury, right? I believe, yeah, he missed almost all of last year with injury. And uh, I think he's, I think he's back. I, th- I, 
I see that he's got he's got confidence in his in his skipper from from Klopp, and I think that he's probably there to stay. I, I you know, I, I I can see how people don't believe it, but Liverpool's going to rotate, especially when when the Champions League games start and you know all the cup games where they won't actually start playing their all their players. It's it's going to be interesting, especially with Liverpool. Liverpool is, is especially in their upcoming their upcoming fixtures for Liverpool are very very cheeky. And it's after this week, obviously, because they have City at City. But Burnley, Leicester, Newcastle in the next three after this is going to be a firm investment from a lot of people, especially people wildcarding. Um, you know, and interesting enough, people don't realize this. You know, Liverpool are not known for the for the defense, but if you go back to last year, they have seven clean sheets in their last nine Premier League games. So yeah. investing in a Liverpool defender is not a not a bad idea. Um, I know we're still we're still some thunder for myself right now from the start <laughs> sits from later, <laughs> but whatever, but whatever. Yeah. We like to dibble and dabble in facts, and I'm just dropping all types of good ones on you today. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah, he's dropping the knowledge bombs today. Um, yeah, all right. Uh, well, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back with uh, starts and sits. Yeah, absolutely. All right, and we are back to talk a little start sit with you guys. I know it's been a while, but we'll get back into it pretty quickly here. Uh, my unsurprising forward here is Alvaro Morata. Uh, he has already moved up, so he's at 10.1 now, 12.9% owned. He's the second highest scoring forward in points, two goals, two assists, uh, and also his top five in chances created among forwards. He's going up against Leicester, who are bottom six in defense, which means, oh wait, the bottom three in defense, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, this isn't at home, but just worth noting that <laughs> Morata is starting to develop that Winyoldum thing. Where uh, he scores a lot at home, two goals and two assists. As I mentioned, all of them at home thus far, though. Uh, but not too worried about this lesser defense. Um, also, I I really wish I followed my gut on Munier. Both of us do because we mentioned him a lot in the off season. Um, I'm I'm really torn right now in my wild card team between going triple huge strikers up front to get uh, Lukaku and Morata both in the team along with Firmino or if I should go cheap there, but I, I just trust some, a lot of the forwards more than I trust midfielders at the moment, but that is a whole thing for another time. In midfield, maybe a little bit more surprising, uh, I'm going Robbie Brady. <clears throat> On 5.5, he's only 1% owned. Um, he doesn't have super easy matchups, but not really this weekend against Palace, who have obviously been awful. DeBoer already had a meeting about whether or not he was going to be sacked, which is not typically something you want after just three matches. Um and uh, he's best in uh, accurate crosses in the Premier League, top five in chances created. The fact that they bring, on, bring in uh, Chris Wood, already scored against Tottenham away, um, I think is another person that can put those balls in the nets. And, and the amazing thing about all this Robbie Brady stuff is he has yet to get on the fantasy score sheet. So that should normalize very quickly and very strongly. Um, so Robbie Brady one I definitely like. Um, for defenses... Uh, ben Davis is the obvious one. Danny Rose yet to return to training. Probably not going to be back until the end of the month, if even this month. Um, up until this point, I was hesitant on Davis because I was very worried about when Rose was just going to come back and steal a spot. Doesn't seem like it's happening soon. Quick question for you. Do you believe in these Huddersfield guys in defense, or do you think people will figure them out soon? Um, I mean, I I believe in them a little bit. I'm not completely sold that they're going to be you know, this could be the you know the whole show what we saw last year. Uh, you know, basically they're all all great out of the gate, and then they get figured out, and then there's like a five or six game stretch where they just you know they give up eleven goals in five games, and they're basically completely fantasy useless. But you know, if you're going to invest in them, 
there's a good investment point in there because the two best ones, Anka and Schindler, are four six and four five. So you're not going to break the bank there. So they're probably talent wise going to be your fourth defender. So they're probably rotating matchup wise with your your fifth midfielder. So you're not missing much there. Um, I I don't think. Listen, Huddersfield is is a phenomenal. They've I've, they've blown me away with what they've done. Three clean sheets, you know, zero goals allowed. Um, they they look legit. Uh, defensively, but look who they've played so far. Crystal Palace hasn't scored a goal this year. Newcastle is not a phenomenally fantastic offensive team. Southampton, once again, is not a phenomenal fantasy going forward team. So getting three clean sheets against, you know, probably three lower eight scoring teams that are going to finish the year is, is, is something that it's bewildering, but look at their, their next coming schedule are West Ham away, Leicester home, Burnley away. So, I mean, you're, probably, you're basically going to be invested until week, week uh, six there because after that they get Spurs, Swansea, United, Liverpool. You don't want anything to do with that because you know they're going to concede there. So, I mean, you're basically rolling the dice on Zanka or Schindler for, for three more weeks. And it's not a bad bet because West Ham doesn't always look like they're fantastic on defense. Yeah, they, they look very, very good. And Zanka, a.k.a. Jorgensen, <laughs> whichever direction you want to have those. Uh, definitely the cream of the crop thus far, picking up all them bonus points. Um, who do you have here uh, that you like and don't like and start and don't sit or sell and sell and buy and stuff? Uh, my starts. Uh, we'll start in defense. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm going back to the well here only because uh, I like him. And West Brom seems to be playing defense very well. And it's, I'm going with Neom again. Um, look at the bonus points he's getting. He's getting more bonus points than any other defender there. Uh, Hagazi is getting all the transfer love. And that's great and, and fantastic. And H- there's rumors that Hagazi is going to just move up the pitch when everybody actually gets healthy and Johnny Evans comes back and, and all that good stuff. But look at Neon. Price is cheaper, more bonus points, same matchup. So you're basically investing in the same team, just a cheaper player. Uh, also, keep an eye out for Burnley defenders this week. Uh, Chris Powell's zero goals, uh, and Burnley does play better at their home pitch. Uh, through the midfield, I always go – different and obtuse and cheaper uh i'm gonna go with christian atsu here at 5.0 uh newcastle is home to or at swansea um listen all the tension on this game is going to be on the opposite and that's renato sanchez um and they're basically at the same price point at 5.0 um for my money i'll take the player that looks like they're they're coming into form in the premier league rather than the player who's playing in their first game in the premier league Yes, I know Renato Sanchez has the Paul Clement godfather tag over him because he was with him, you know, developing him in a Byron and blah, blah, blah. But for 5.0, Odyssey right now at going in to take on the Swans, uh, if you're looking for a, a move off of your 4.5 or 5.0 midfielder to create funds elsewhere, you know, everybody's still, like, maybe some people are still swinging the Tom Carroll bat or, you know, they're trying to invest somewhere else in a 5.0 defender or midfielder, I'm sorry. Uh, look at Atsu. Uh, Newcastle has some has some good matchups coming up, and he rotates well enough that, like I said, he's going to be your fifth midfielder. So basically, it's Atsu as your fifth midfielder or your fourth defender as a rotational standpoint. So look at the next three games, and they do he dealt, he'll will rotate very well with a Huddersfield defender. So for nine dot five, you have a good rotation between defender and midfielder. For forward, Kevin kind of stole my thunder. I went with Murata. It's kind of different for me. I usually don't go with a guy that's owned that much. Murata's mm. owned in thirty percent of leagues. Um, but look at the bonus points he's getting. I'm also going to throw throw a nod here. Um, 
I know I just said that you want Atsu for Newcastle. I didn't say I wanted a clean sheet. I, I like Tammy Abraham here. I don't think Wilford Bonney's going to walk in this team and start next to start this week. I think that Bonnie is probably going to have to get up to fitness because he hasn't played a lot of games lately. He only played like 1,800 minutes the last two seasons. And last I saw him, he didn't, wasn't moving very well. Abraham scored last week. Uh, he, I believe he scored for the uh, – did he score for under 21s, I believe, as well um, recently? But mm. for 5.5, if you're looking for that – you know that that cheap punt from your striker, and you're not you're kind of growing impatient with Steve Mooney, like Kevin said. You know he's got two goals, but he hasn't done anything in two games. But you're really not going to play him. Uh, you know this is one of those rotation things where if you play two up top, that means you're four, you're you're playing four 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 two or you know three five two. So you're not really investing a lot. So it's a rotational ma- matter right here. And I think that Abraham versus a Newcastle team this week could could find the net again. Uh, so on to my sits. I'll start in the back. Uh, I kind of preempted it before, my love for Joe Gomez. Um, but Liverpool are my sits this week. They're playing City at City. Uh, there's going to be – it's amazing that this game is the first game of the week on a, the, the first game on Saturday morning. Um, Liverpool are definitely a sit this week. City's going to find the net. They're not going to keep them keep them dry. Um, but look at their schedule after this week. You know, it becomes intriguing for, for Liverpool, and this is when it comes into that – how do we squeeze three players onto this team? After the City game, they have Burnley, Leicester, Newcastle, and then they have United and Spurs. But after that, mm-hmm. it flattens out again with Huddersfield, West Ham, Southampton. So basically, they go three on, two off, three on, two off. Um, I know there's going to be a lot of championship games in there and, and cup games to, to mix in. But um, you know, Liverpool is a good place to look to invest, invest your money, especially look at Joe Gomez. He's 4. 4.5. He's only owned in 1.5% of leagues. Not this week. Next week. Um so on some midfield, I'm sticking at the same game. Uh, we talked about him before. His price went down. Kevin De Bruyne is a complete sell. His price is 9.9. It should be 9. Whatever. Nobody's buying it. They shouldn't. But it's funny, Kev. He's still on an 80% of leagues. Uh, has zero return on investment right now. It's not anybody you want to want to match up with this week for fantasy. I think that you know Liverpool is not going to take him completely out of the game because I don't think that's Liverpool's style. It'll take mm-hmm. a, a player like De Bruyne out. But I don't think he gets on any anything. He may get an assist, but how's that going to help you at nine point nine when there's better investments at, in the eight range to to, to invest in? Yeah. Uh, my forward, um, kind of just throwing a dart here. Uh, Chicharito is my sit for West Ham. They're playing Huddersfield. I think Huddersfield, like I said, their defense is just good enough to to squeak by. West Ham is not, you know, the powder keg offensively that we expect them to be, especially with the talent that's there with Antonio and. You know Chicharito and the, and the players that are Andre Ayew. I'm I'm just sitting Chicharito. I think his ownership is a little bit high considering what he's done to date. Yeah, he's got two goals, but do you really want a guy that's going to be in that 7.1 range for price when you rather you could probably punt and invest that into midfield? Uh, the, the only encouraging thing about Chicharito is, and I think we questioned this early on in the year, Kev, if he was going to be that you know that sub and play the whole game or start the game and get subbed out. He's got mm. three consecutive 90s, which is a positive for, for a Chicharito yeah. thing. I, I don't trust it this week. I think Huddersfield are still figuring out a way to to, to play defensively enough that they're going to they're gonna get the best of West Ham in this game. Yeah, um, unfortunately, uh, again, doubled up with our forwards. <laughs> I brought it yeah. in and Chicharito out as well. I was very wrong on him. Sorry about that. Uh, West Ham, six worth in chances created in the league. And uh, Chicharito, not tw- top 25 in shots, which is not exactly what you want from your forward. Um, you mentioned KDB. I'm going to go with Willian on the way out. Uh, did score a great goal today for 
um, Brazil, but uh, only two accurate crosses this season. Uh, now you add in Zapacosta, which means either Moses could move up or Zapacosta could play further up. Um, with the addition of Hazard probably coming back in a couple of weeks, I just, I'm just not impressed with Willian right now. Uh, in defense, I think a lot of people are jumping in on center backs for their uh, wildcard teams that are not advisable. Uh, Chancel Mbemba has looked decent in the last two matches, but is immediately going to lose his job. Um, because Yedlin and uh, oh, Lejeune. Lejeune, yeah, have both returned to training. Um, so he might play one more week, maybe not. I mean, if you're fine with him not playing, that's fine. And Bemba are- got actually got hurt today for the con- for the People's <laughs> Republic of Congo. Did he? So, yeah, he All right, well then, the 60th minute. then definitely take him out. Um, <laughs> that's really not a good time. Also, Vimmer, I was saying all summer that if Vimmer moved to the right club, he'd be a must-own at 4.5. Now he's down at 4.4. Stoke was not the right club because they already have Zuma. They already have Shawcross. They only have Bruno Martins Indy. You'd imagine that since they paid 15 rising to 18 for Vimmer that he'd start, but we don't know that yet. That's one of the reasons why I wish I had held onto my wild card because you don't want to bring him now and then him not start and then have to get rid of him if he drops again. And if you wait now, he might go up again if he does start. So just an awkward time, but I don't think he's guaranteed to start uh, the way some people are thus far. All right, now let's talk about our club. Some uh, you wildcarded as well, correct? I'm probably going to because I just have uh, too many pieces. Oh, have you not just... yet? No, I haven't yet. Ooh, I'd not if I was you. Yeah, I'm probably I'm probably not. I'm probably like I maybe a, a minus, minus four and hold on to it. I'm another. probably just gonna take a minus four. Or yeah, I may just I may just roll the dice because under, we'll, I guess we'll just jump into my team. I have Foster and Hennessy and goal. Hennessy, I don't really play Hennessy. Crystal Palace is awful defensively right now, but at four five, I don't really care. As long as Foster and, and West Brom keep doing what they're doing, I'm, I'm happy. Um, like, I have Ake and still in defense, and I have, you know, the $4, 4 buck Chuck defender. But I don't really need them this week because I have Baye, Bertrand, and Davey in, in, on defense. So I'm going to play all three of those because they all have pretty good matchups. Um, through the midfield, I have Pogba, Ali, Erickson, and Mikel Antonio, who will definitely, they'll definitely play. Uh, and then up top, I have Firmino, Lukaku, and Steve Mooney. So basically, if I if I don't make a move, basically I'm just rolling the dice that that Steve Mooney's going to do something. You know, that's the only thing that that could possibly happen because I also have Tom Carroll, but Tom Carroll I don't really care because he's not going to play. Yeah. I wouldn't play Ake; he's he's even questionable to play anyway. So doesn't really matter. Yeah. Um, so my moves my moves would either be uh, for a defender, but I'm probably not going to. I may just bank the, the transfer. My defend my I would definitely get Ake out. Bournemouth is not somewhere you want to be defensively. And then I maybe move one of Ali or Erickson out and maybe bring in a, a Liverpool uh, midfielder. That would be the only move that I would probably do. Yeah. Uh, for my team, as I mentioned, I've, I've already uh, wild-carded much to my own chagrin. It was a panic move. Chagrin um, is a funny word, Kev. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so, yeah, currently have um, Bertrand in, then Zonka and Neom probably for this week. Um, and Bemba isn't there, but as you mentioned, is hurt. Got that little yellow flag over him right now. <clears throat> then across the midfield, uh, McTarian, Ali, and Sadio Mane with Robbie Brady and Carroll in rotation. Uh, not, not gonna get rid of Carroll right now. Uh, if Fosu Mensa, not Fosu Mensa, sorry. If, um. Roque Mesa. No, the other, the other palace and hyphenated name. From Chelsea. Not coming to me. Um, Ruben Loftus Cheek. There you go. Uh, but he's hurt right now, so Carroll stays in. There's a chance he still starts. I think they're going to end up playing four central midfielders because they have like seven. 
Um, and you're not really expecting much from your 4.5 anyway. Um, but yeah, I, I already mentioned Robbie Brady, so he comes into the team as well. And then the pièce de résistance at the moment up front, currently Romelu Lukaku, Alvaro Morata, and Roberto Firmino, uh, wow. all with two-plus goals right now. So those, those, those big three up front with McTarian, Ali, and Mane behind is <laughs> real sexy. Um, yeah. The defense is obviously the downside right now. Bertrand, Niam, and Zonka have all started very well. Um, we've mentioned the whole offseason that, that uh, both West Brom and Southampton have really good first 10 fixtures. We're obviously only three into that. Um, but they could get found out. Huddersfield could get found out. So that's just really gambly for me right now. Um, trying to decide whether or not to stick with this this three up front. And the the main issue that I have is that there's only point three left. I, I like always having enough in the bank to upgrade to whatever top player there is. Um, mm-hmm. So up until this week, I had enough to either bring in Alexis or Kane directly if they started and played well. Wouldn't be able to do that if I rolled out this team, although arguably wouldn't need to do that <laughs> if I rolled out this <laughs> team. Um, but yeah, this is, this is about as stars as, and scrubs a team you will ever hear from me. Uh, but that's what I'm rolling with at the moment. Um, oh, I, I forgot to mention earlier in Defenders, ah, really iffy about Hagazi. Sounds like Macaulay and Evans are both coming back in this weekend. Um, yes. Fitness-wise, I don't know if they'd start, but it's th- I don't like, A, that you know if you've missed the boat, you're already super late, and B, that he could you could buy in at this higher price and then immediately lose him and or his yeah. value. I, th- I think the only way Hagazi stays on the pitch is if he gets pushed up the pitch. Interesting. If they use him as like a holding midfielder or something. Holding midfielder next to, uh, what's his, uh, Krishoviak. I mean, yeah, they also have Livermore to play that role. Yeah, it, it'll be tough to see how all these guys fit in there. But yeah. you Livermore's know. A, gr- a great player. He, he's been playing full 90s for, for yep. England. Yeah, got, got picked for England again. Which, which doesn't say much. <laughs> Burn. We can't talk. The U.S. men's national team is garbage. Um, just real, real bad. Currently losing again. Um, anything else we should touch on? This might just be a short one. Nah, it's not that short. I mean, we could talk about. Uh, I mean, are if you didn't wild card, wh- what moves would you have made from your pre-existing team? If you remember your team, uh, I would have made two moves. I, I would have swapped De Bruyne for Brady and Chicharito up to Morata. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good moves. I mean, and then you know, then you have like three in the bank that can turn into what yeah. ended up being Lukaku. Yeah. What's your reasonable expectation for Renato Sanchez? Don't have one. Listen, he has like, two goals and one assist ever in club yeah, in football. His car- in his career. Yeah. yeah. I just, listen, he's a very talented young player. Is there a chance that this is the year he figures it out? Sure. And he's going to have the ball a lot in a team that doesn't have Sigurdsson anymore. But I very much need to see it before I buy in on that. Yeah. I, in real life, amazing signing. In fantasy, it just doesn't matter. Especially in the official format where a lot of the things that he do don't count for points. Yeah. So in in the future here. Would you rather bring in Alexis or Hazard? Wait, like this week or in general? No, I'm saying who's who do you think will be on your team first, Alexis or Hazard? Hazard because of price. Yeah. Unfortunately, just just with every the way my team's looking right now, I wouldn't be able to upgrade all the way to Alexis. And to be honest, I I don't see how he gets back in. I mean, I know he's their most talented player, but who did he did he burn his bridges? If and nuts were soup and if and butts were soup and nuts. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know. Do you, do you think um, Walcott or uh, not Ibe? Uh, who's the other one? Wobie? at Arsenal. Yeah. Do you think either of them end up mattering now that Oxley Chamberlain isn't taking up that spot? 
Or do you think they move Ramsey to the right like they did the previous year? I think it's Ramsey. I think Ramsey will go to the right, and I think that they'll bring on someone next to uh, Granite Shaka. You, oh, they probably just play. Um, man, I'm horrible at this right now. Coquelin. Yeah, Coquelin. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, Arsenal is just a mess right now. It's a shame that they have they have so many fantasy goodies that could be good, and they're just yeah. not. Yeah, Lacazette dropping price. I, I know you mentioned it earlier, but did not see that coming really. Yeah, oh, I liked your shout for Chris Wood before. I forgot to say that he scored twice for Austra- uh, for New Zealand too. Yep, and already scored against Tottenham at Wembley. Not too bad a start. And as I mentioned, really like Robbie Brady. So, that, you know, listen, Burnley are not as good as they have been thus far this season. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they're significantly not this good. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, like right now they look like a tenth to twelfth team. I mean, they've already taken points off last year's two best teams. Yeah. So. Yeah, if they if they can keep that rolling, that'll be very impressive. That don't own anybody from Burnley's back four or goalkeeper though, because that is not going to hold up throughout the season. They just do not have the the numbers back there. Yeah, if you want to roll the dice with Burnley, you play them when they're at home. That's the only time they play above themselves. Yep. You know they they showed it last year. Them and Watford only yeah. own them at home. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's it's crazy. I mean, but you know what do you what's your expectation? Since you're a Spurs fan, yeah. we didn't really talk about Harry Kane. That's true. Too much, that much, you know. I mean, is is people's tentativeness to to buy back into him based solely on price or based on return? I think people are way buying in on the August curse. Yeah, I think that's it. And listen, I'm 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 more of a numbers guy. I'm not going to bring Harry Kane back in because of superstition. Did he score for England twice? Yes. Uh, he looked really good in that first match. Not as much in the second match. Um, but again, I I, I want to see it first. Before yeah. I buy back in. Actually, uh, we can go through the uh, rest of the Tottenham guys. I know you mentioned uh, Lorente. Yeah, he doesn't really matter now at all. I think it's very unlikely that we go with two forwards at this point. Because that benches Sun or Wanyama. Mm-hmm. Neither mm-hmm. of which we can really afford to do. Um, but Serge Aurier is the interesting one. Because I have been telling everybody that he's too expensive. And I'm not sure he starts yet. But that was before Kieran Trippier picked up a knock with England. So now the question is Serge Aurier before he's learned the system or Kyle Walker Peters, who you didn't just spend 23 million pounds on. So I, I think there's a non-zero chance that uh, Serge Aurier sneaks into the team in his first week with the club, which would be crazy considering how Pochettino tends to like to integrate people. But um, yeah, could be there, a there's sneaky a chance. DFS play. <laughs> yep. And is oh, great shout. And uh, for those that haven't seen this, that Serge Aurier, the most assists of any defender in his tenure in Ligue 1. In the history of history, he has the most <laughs> assists of assisting old ladies across the street. <laughs> he assists in all aspects of life. He uh, helps people open jars when they can't. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's helpful. <laughs> it That's is. Helpful. I struggle with that sometimes. Which, <laughs> it's, usually, it's usually pickles. It's yeah. thing. It's always it's usually pickles. You know what I have? I have one of those um oven mitts that mm. actually has uh rubber handy bits. Mm-hmm. And so handy if bits. you just grip the top of the lid like that and you just twist it with your holding hand, uh you know, pops right off. First time mm-hmm. every time mostly. First time every time. Just like our <laughs> podcast, you'll definitely learn something, probably. <laughs> definitely, probably. All right. Uh, well, that'll do it uh, for us today. Rob, why don't you tell the folks so they can get at you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at FPL underscore MNOP. And you can find my writings and stylings of about fantasy football, this fantasy football, on Razball.com. 
and then Kevin will do everything else. We do everything <laughs> together. We're a, we're a tag team. We're like Mutt and Jeff and Yin and Yang and Laurel and Hardy. PB except and neither, J. Except neither of us are one. Neither of us are fat. It's yeah. true. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, for me, I'm Kevin DeVries at Kevroff on Twitter. We obviously host this show. We also host the VIP at VIP Bet DFS uh, video podcast. Which may become streaming soon. We'll keep uh, you guys tuned into that. You can check out our Twitters. We'll let you know what's going on there. I uh, also have a sponsor coming up that's very exciting. Not official yet, but should be by next week. Pretty excited about that. Also on this channel, you can check out the EPL Roundtable and the Championship Roundtable. Both uh, very good, as Rob alluded to. Both of them talking about the deadline day this year. Uh, which should have been more exciting, but wasn't unexciting, I suppose. Uh, all right. Well, thanks you. Wow. Thanks you. <laughs> Thanks to you guys for listening. Best of luck to your teams. If you wildcarded because we said so, I'm sorry. I don't think we said so, but if you did, that's my bad. I did it too, so don't feel too bad. Rob's probably the smarter of us. That's not exactly new news. Uh, but best of luck to your teams this weekend, and we'll catch you next time. Hey. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.